We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. friends welcome to pod maverick after dark i'm kirk henderson joined as always or i would say almost <laughs> semi-regularly uh josh bow we're both editors over at mavsmoneyball.com we're joining you a little after 9 50 on thursday december 28th the dallas mavericks just fell to the minnesota timberwolves 118 to 110 josh how you doing doing okay good glad that we got to connect um and what we're talking about in pre-show um Sorry that uh, of these back-to-backs you had to miss last night, which I thought, despite, you know, both 0-2, so obviously not fun for Mavs fans, but in terms of, like, us and discussing something, uh, I feel like you got the short end of the stick in terms of which game you got of this back-to-back. Because even though the Mavericks lost last night, I felt like there was infinitely more things to talk about. Yeah. But you're you're here. You know, we're back. Well, and, and I'll address that. Um I am fighting the good fight in the sense of uh, we knew when I, you know, meaning me, Mavs Moneyball, Pod Maverick, everybody knew that when I had the second kid, there would be days where I would be completely non-functional. And that ended up being yesterday, even though I did watch the game. There's just times that I just can't, I, I can't have it on like I was for the Lakers, uh, not Lakers game, uh, the, the Christmas Day game where I went like three hours full tilt like I was a radio host. Um <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just, there, there are nights and days where I'm out of gas with the, with the new kids. So Josh and everybody else that the site is, is helping, um, is helping that sort of thing. And, and I really am appreciative. My dogs just love ruining the intro level to this podcast. So, um, I have one shredding something behind me right now. I, and why don't you kick off while I figure out what the heck it is. Okay. Um, yeah, Mavericks lose the Timberwolves 118-110. It was I don't know. Um, it was an interesting game in the sense that like the Timberwolves just never felt like they were ready to play 
aside from, you know, Anthony Edwards uh, or maybe Rudy Gobert. I mean, it definitely felt like a game where the Timberwolves were more than aware of who was on the floor for the Mavericks, and they probably thought that this was going to be a game that they could win easily with a B effort. And credit to the Mavericks, they didn't let them off the hook. Like, I know they lost by eight, but, you know, they they could have lost this game by 25 and no one would have really batted an eyelash. So it was, at times, a pretty impressive effort. I mean, they forced the Timberwolves to basically play the entire game out. Like, they did not get to rest starters in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks took a lead. Uh, I can't remember if it was in the third or the fourth, but they took a lead at one point in the second half. Like, this was a pretty competitive game. Uh, so, like, I, I kudos to the to the bench guys and some of the end of the end of the rotation guys that that got more minutes that that helped contribute. But you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a massive game, which which was good to see because he's been slumping a little bit. So. Yeah. Go figure that he has a huge game when Luke is not playing. But uh, yeah, it was, you know, I think all of us at the site and, you know, us too, we we kind of were like, you know, this is going to be a tough one to, to sit through. And it kind of was at times because I don't think either team had you know, played a clean game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least, you know, it was competitive and we had to pay attention all the way through. And, you know, credit to the to the junior varsity Mavs for, for making an effort of it at least. Right, and so the Mavericks fall to 0-3 without Luka. Uh, yep. During this Kyrie time, overarchingly, so right now they are sitting at 18-14. and 14. Um, At this point last year, I think just due to the season starting with like a, a game differential, it, the Mavericks were climbing out of being 500 after they had lost a horrendous game to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then they went uh, on this seven-game win streak where Luka turned into, like, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Larry Bird, and Wilt Chamberlain all together where he was, like, averaging 45, 12, and 11. It was something insane. (laughs) But that was against, you know, really terrible teams. So I've been having, you know, when I am chatting with people kind of about what's going on, um, about what's going on this year with the Mavericks, I just feel better about their win profiles. You know, the the kind of games that they've lost in maddening fashion. Yesterday's game to the Cleveland Cavaliers, that was the worst loss of the season. It was the worst loss of the season because it was exactly the kind of loss that the Mavericks suffered repeatedly during Luka Doncic's first five years where they played down to opponents. The problem was yesterday, I'm not necessarily sure that they played down to the Cavs in so much as, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but like, the the threadbare coaching of Jason Kidd shined through in some of these games where like they don't have easy button options. There were no plays that made any sense where it's like somebody's going to the rim. No, you know, shots weren't falling. So it's like the, the hope is Luca save us, Luca save us. And it didn't happen because the man's playing the third most minutes in the NBA on a night in night out basis. So, you know, you flip over to this game and they, they fight hard and they lose. And it, it just, it kind of is what it is. And it, it, it really is one of these things that I don't know how to feel about over too long a period of time because they're without Kyrie and Luca. And so when the whole game, like the, the whole, you know, we talked about this in the preseason, when Luka Doncic and Kyrie are who you build your team around and they're both not playing, what do you expect? You know, getting effort was great. Um, 
I, I don't under, there's like two things I really don't understand about this game. And I think we can circle, circle back to what those things are a little bit later in the show, but man, I, I just, it was fun to, it was fun to watch. Um, it was a sloppy game. I mean, the wolves are, um, if you want to hear my hot take on the wolves, the wolves are going to implode in the postseason. They're just going <laughs> to implode. Anthony Edwards is outstanding. Rudy Gobert gets away with so much bullshit that he cannot get away with against better. I mean, he shoved Derek Lively like two or three times. Like, I am not a refs guy anymore. I used to be in a big way. But the kind of things that, like, he does on the floor, if that's defensive player of the year worthy, fantastic. Just not getting called for fouls is defensive player of the year stuff. Fantastic. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is a ninny. Like I no other way really to describe him. His worst tendencies are the things that people bitch about with Luca, where he's just a complainer. Edwards is also amazing. I don't believe Mike Conley can survive the run because he's my age um, at this point. And then they, they have, you know, like slow-mo is interesting, but I just, they're a, they're a great regular season team. And I think they will be, but I think they are going to get blown off the doors in a real series. doesn't matter how good their coach is. Um, that that's not to say, you know, that, <sighs> It's just, I sort of was looking at this game and going, man, you can't play down to a team like this. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't very impressive. No. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, credit to the Mavericks for, for making it a fight. Uh, you know, Tim had 32 on 19 shots. Um, kind of got a balanced effort most of the way. Like no one else really popped besides Hardaway, but just like little contributions. Derek Jones Jr. got to the line eight times, which was pretty cool. Uh, hey, Dwight Powell, 12, 14, 6, two steals and a block. How about that stat line? Uh, which is pretty funny to do it against which the best defensive team in the NBA. 14 like the rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many rebounds he has this season. Uh, I don't I'll know. Not that many. Six assists, though. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Two steals. Like, I mean, this is this might be the most he stuffed the stat sheet since like. You know those tanking teams uh, where he would have those big games like. In yeah, he March. has eighty-six rebounds on the year in twenty-eight games. That's an average of uh, where are we at here? That's an average of three three a game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he had zero. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't grabbed more than. I mean, eight is the most he's had this month. So that's pretty. Yeah, funny. he's yeah. That, that, yeah, that I mean, something. yeah, and that's. I mean that's kind of emblematic of like the wolves effort level. Cause pal is a guy that will feed off of your bad vibes. Like if you're not going to work, like that's the one thing you could say about pal is he's going to at least work hard. Yep. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's almost how you can kind of describe the wolves effort level is they let Dwight Powell get 12, 14 and six um, when, when they have Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony towns playing. So he, he, he clearly did it in response to the Andre Drummond's 24-25 game from, from yesterday. You think that uh, inspired him? <laughs> that inspired him. Where he's like, this man's not coming for my job. I'm Dwight fucking Powell. <laughs> Drummond might be playing himself out of the Mavericks price range at this rate, but just kind of funny to think about. But Right, uh, again. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, I mean, the Mavericks shot the three pretty well. Like, offensively they actually played good enough to win it yeah. was just their defense wasn't very good um probably like the standout thing that that kind of stunk about this game is uh Derek Lively kind of looking like a rookie for the second game in a row which is understandable he's allowed to look like a 19 year old rookie from time to time and especially when you know 
back-to-back games against Jared Allen and Rudy Gobert. Like, that's not a great draw for him. But, yeah, two points in 15 minutes, four rebounds, you know, just didn't make an impact uh, at all. Like, I just – he never – never there was never a moment in the game where it felt like he was, you know, really contributing. I felt like all the Mavericks' runs came when he was on the bench. Um, He had five fouls, so he was actually on the bench a lot. Like, he only played 15 minutes, so – that's probably like the storyline of these two games is like, Hey, you know, lively finally looking like a rookie because he, I mean, he was on a stretch. Yeah. I mean, like where I, I can't remember the last bad game he played, you know, like he played before these two games, Minnesota Cleveland. I mean, he had 20 and 10 against Phoenix. He hurt his ankle. So he was out. I mean, he played the wolves before that and he had 15 and six uh, played pretty decent, played well against the Lakers. Like, he had a pretty good run. I think December first against Memphis is when you could say the last time he had a really like a stinker of a game. So, I mean, when you're you've got a 19 year old rookie starting center, I think you're allowed to have two bad games in a row. But kind of, I mean, I, and, and if if we're being candid, and if we're being let's just let's just be overly critical for a minute or two. If you're being overly critical, Lively's actually had three pretty pretty rough games in a row, despite how important he was in the Phoenix win. So he has given, you know, he, he let, um, what was the guy's name? Uh, the, the, uh, for the sun's backup center. Um, that guy had 23 and 19, uh, oh, Matt too. And like, that's not on likely person, you know, specifically, but it's then, you know, Allen played a heck of a game and nine offensive boards for Allen mm-hmm. at lively bears some responsibility there. He just does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tonight's game where he just, you know, getting worked by Rudy Gobert is not a shameful thing, right. but it still is a thing that happened right. and you look to build from it is, is I think the, the right thing. And I'm sure he will, because he rarely just three ish kind of what in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Gene Paul in the, in the chat says maybe the ankle is still not a hundred percent. Maybe so. Um, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's one of these things where I don't want to be too critical, but I do think like I saw, somebody I followed today posted about how yesterday was one of the best defensive games he's seen from lively. And I think lively made some really incredible defensive plays in that game, but that does not equate to a fully like solid defensive game. Cause if again, the guy that you're, you know, that you're matched up with has whatever 24 and 23, (laughs) like like you just, it's just, it's not a thing. Like at that point you're, you're, you're doing something that you need to be doing better. Um, Yeah. And then he'll so, be all right. I mean, the next yeah. four games are Golden State, Utah, Portland, Portland. So he and he'll will, be fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, he'll be fine. So, okay. Um, let's circle back on some other things here. But just, uh, you know, this is a loss. And during losses, we get fewer people that tune in. But if you could do me a favor, head on down and click the like button on the stream. Uh, go ahead and hit subscribe while you're down there. Uh, I'm not going to do a fan show after this just because I'm still, I'm still pretty tired. And really, I don't want to harp too much on something like these last two games even though i'm sure there's a lot of people who are very very frustrated um and you know if you're listening on an audio stream if you could you know subscribe i know i've got i i'm it's so frustrating kind of sad i've been getting more and more emails about the apple situation and i'm just like i have to answer each person individually like i would you know i don't know what our subscriber base is but i think we probably have in the neighborhood of of 10 to fifteen thousand regular downloaders on the audio side of things based off of what i see in a given month it can go sometimes people dip in we have 20 to twenty five thousand, and like 65 percent of those are from apple so it's really like oh but we're working on it um yeah i'd really appreciate if if you guys could do that and and uh you know 
leave a comment on this video. I, I love reading the comments. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of doing this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, all right, let's see here. Let's circle back to, um, some of the, the things that were a little bit frustrating about this game. Um, there's one big one we could talk about if you want to. Yeah. It's, it, have we talked, uh, so Grant Williams finished. We haven't with, talked about him in a while. Me and, and, and at least. Yeah. So Grant Williams has eight points, three rebounds, three assists, two turnovers and a negative 30 in 30 minutes. In and the game they lost by eight. Yeah. Negative 30. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> he's, he, he's in a bad spot right now. And, you know, he's probably getting moved to the bench whenever every, everybody's healthy. And I think that's for the best. He has, he already has been moved to the bench. He didn't He'll stay he, there. Right. He, yeah. He came off the bench against Cleveland and against Phoenix. He will stay there, which is very uh, interesting to note. And maybe he'll work his way back into it. It's a long, mm-hmm. long regular season. Um, and we'll see kind of what happens with regards to that and whether he will make a difference there. He has been inexplicably bad. Um, there's been a lot of talk about his weight. And I don't know. I'm, I'm always very reluctant to talk about that sort of thing because I didn't watch him enough at Boston to make a, a connection on this. But he is not. He's slow on the perimeter. And he has no lift on his jump. And his shot has been really short for quite a while. Um, you know, and fan one, two, three kind of sums it up, you know, very succinctly in the chat. Grant looks fat. Um, 
I don't necessarily want to say that that is the case, but I do understand the sentiment. And whatever is going on with him right now in a physical way, he everything he does is labored. There was a left-handed layup attempt he had after a really nice shot fake. He got, I think it was like Edwards on him up in the air tonight. And he um, drove all the way to the paint and just like boofs the layup. And I don't know what he's shooting on twos, but it's really not. I I can get that for you real quick. He sucks right now. And. I think that that you know we we as a fan base, not you, you were actually pretty stable on him. We as a fan base had hoped for a lot from him, and he's just not been very good. And I don't know what to what to do about that because I think that he's paid a reasonable amount. Um, I think he'll have ups and downs, and that's about the best that we can hope for. I mean, he's shooting forty nine percent on twos, which is not even far and away the worst of his career. Can you, He's I a mean, 54% what's a, shooter on twos for his career. What's what are any restricted area type stuff? Cause that's where I've been like really horrified. Uh, keep talking. I'll find it. It's okay. <laughs> so there's, there's just these, these elements of his game to where I think we expect a little too much from him. And there's three ish guys in the Mavericks rotation, which we're all kind of sick of collectively at the moment. Um, it's to some degree or another uh there's there's you know grant there's josh green uh you know he came back yesterday and made some nice passes but still he scored i think two points in like 25 minutes and then Jaden hardy who we've talked about i don't feel like you know burying him anymore though i do want you to go if you're curious at all as to what he's shooting when he's a starter the answer is very bad um so it's it's these pieces that you had hoped would do more for the Mavericks, I think have been asked to do a little too much in the absence of Kyrie. And I don't know whether I'm overreacting in the moment to these kind of meh to bad performances or whether we can hope for like a little bit of a rebound once they're further down the totem pole. Yeah. Uh, Grant is shooting from now. I'm not doing restricted area. I'm on basketball reference. So That's they okay. do it by distance. distance yeah. So zero to three feet. He's at 76%, which is better than actually. I've just seen some really awful attempts lately. Here you go. Three to 10 feet. He's 31%. (laughs) Where last season he was 46 season before that 49 and the, his first two seasons, he was at 50%. Okay. So that's like in the paint, but outside the restricted area, uh, he's 31%, which is not even, you know, he was at 48% from that range for his career. So so, I mean, that's where you're seeing that. Do you think there's anything to this fitness argument? Because let's I, th- th- push the know. weight part aside. He just looks gassed all the time. Yeah. And I've, I wonder, you know, I don't know about the fitness part of it because, you know, I didn't, you know, we, you know, people might be like, well, you talked about it with Luca. And it's like, well, we've watched Luca play right. eight, 70 games a season for five years and we've watched his body weight and fitness fluctuate. Like we, we have, you know, there's something to talk about with Grant. I don't, you know, I don't feel as comfortable because I'll just be frank and say, like, I didn't watch him play every single game in Boston last season. So I don't know if this is different than what he was doing last season. Um, the thing I will say, though, is that he's playing the most minutes he's ever played in his career, uh, average wise. You know, he's at 29 minutes per game, which is uh, more than any of the, his other previous seasons. And he's also start, he's already he started 26 games this season. 
that's the most games he's ever started in a single season. So right. he's not only playing more minutes, he's playing more minutes against better players. Because in Boston, he was he was bench units and occasional spot starter. So, you know, there's a big difference in coming into the game playing against backups and starting the game playing against the best five players on an opposing team. So I almost wonder if that combination of increased minutes and the increased role in terms of playing, you know, start playing against starters is maybe zapping him a little bit more than last season when, you know, you get to come off the bench and ease into the game. So I wonder, like, that's my only theory because I don't, you know, I just can't touch the fitness stuff because I have, I have no, I just have no idea. And I have sure. good talking about that stuff. Well, and maybe we'll see as things go on. So, all right. Um, I don't understand why Markeith Morris played. Uh, he was a negative seven <laughs> in three minutes. And he, along with Grant, were two of, you know, Grant was like a slow bleed. Morris goes in the game and the game went from being close to being out of, out of reach. That yeah, was, that was bad. That was a bad call. And, and yeah, and I'm not like he, he got absolutely destroyed by Jaden McDaniels <laughs> on a non-foul call. That was like, like that was a football play. I have no I idea how that wasn't called. So I feel a little bad for him. Um, Wameek in the chat gets the, what I'm, I'm thinking of talking about next where it's, He's playing Morris over over and and uh over both Holmes and uh Prosper. And candidly, like that's unacceptable. It, it's just unacceptable. What why? Markeith Morris is a is a non-guaranteed contract player. What does he do? <laughs> I don't know. And he got a DNP CD against I mean he hadn't played since December 22nd. He didn't play against Phoenix, he didn't play against Cleveland. I don't know. Why is he the call against the Giants? Like, at least, you know, if you're going to lose, lose and get some experience. And, you know, uh, it's so funny. It's so funny. We have, by and large, been off the kid discussion point, despite our fan base's, like, really desire for it, because the Mavericks, like, there's two two reasons why we've been reluctant to talk about kid. Number one, they're winning. By and large, they're winning. Number two, there's the simple fact of if unless Luca and Kyrie don't want him there anymore, he's not going. So talking about this sort of stuff feels like beating a dead horse. Uh, Josh and I had a little fun with the Twitter account who probably won't listen to this podcast, but it was like it's a person whose entire existence seemed dedicated to defending Jason Kidd decisions, which really fascinating way to spend your time, guy. Uh, You can go find that in my Twitter replies if you want to see it from last night. And I. Kid is is just I don't want to say he's a bad coach, but he makes decisions that are completely indefensible. And all coaches do to some degree or another, but when you ask him about his his decision making, he seems just as mystified <laughs> during some of his answers where it's just like it's more he's like oh, I'm coaching off vibes is kind of the is kind of the thing. And you know, this Morris decision is one of it. I get Omax is probably frustrating to watch. But watching Morris get wrecked is just as frustrating for fans because Morris is not going to be on the team, and Omax is. Morris might not even be on the team before the before the you know by the end of February. Yeah. Like that's like I don't even know if they're going to guarantee his contract for the rest of the season because I think there's like a date. I don't know when that comes up, but I think there's a right there's a date where it becomes guaranteed for the whole season. So. I don't know. We'll see. That part's weird. At least he, I mean, he only did play three minutes, so it's not like right. he took him out right away, but it was like, why even, why even do that? Like, why not 
I'm not a big Rashawn Holmes guy, but I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't play him. You're playing instead. the biggest team in the league, the yeah. biggest team. I get Holmes is not your cup of tea. He's apparently like multiple coaches, non cup of tea. And he is just completely like against playing him unless it's super garbage time. And okay. You don't want to play him play Omax. Omax is a, is a dump truck of a person. <laughs> like he's so fucking big. It's like, really like I, I don't care if like, if he's going to be a forward long-term, if you're just like, like at a certain point, basketball is about playing bodies that are, you know, you need big guys. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It was a weird game. Uh, Josh Green has scored a total of four. What you told you took four points in his two games. He does have ten assists in those two <laughs> games, which is I hilarious. Know. It is that is pretty funny. He's two of seven from the floor. Only played fifteen minutes tonight in a That's game a without Luca. That and yeah, wasn't that weird? Because like, isn't that his thing? Is is popping off when there's no Kyrie and there's no Luca. I understand that, like, with Jones and Exum, like, those have been your guys, so you're going to play them. But I don't know. It was kind of odd. Like, Seth Curry played 30 minutes probably as a, you know, because he, he was so good in the Cleveland game. Couldn't You couldn't keep Hardaway off the floor, and you're going to play Exum and Jones because those two, quite frankly, have been extremely better than him, than Green this season. So is Green going to get squeezed out of the rotation? Like, I, I I'm just – I'm just curious where the minutes are if if Exum and Jones are your your locked in starters. Grant's coming off the bench. Yep. Hardaway's not going anywhere. Like where are the minutes for Green? I mean, he's got to figure out a way to, to I get like, some time on the floor. I like the concept of scaling back Green's um rope to where if if he's working, then you let him you let him cook. But they were letting him prior to his injury, they were letting him play too much useless basketball. He's got to be making statistical contributions. And speaking of like weird statistics, Josh Green has played three games in the month of December. He played on December 1st, and he also had five assists in that game. So (laughs) he is averaging five assists a game for the month of December. Um, Yeah, I, I, this is where, you know, you get Luca and Kyrie back. I think things either start to fall into place or we start to ask much more interesting roster questions. Um, where what kid can do, and this is where I think we kind of will at, at that point we're going to scale back on the kid criticism as a fan base because it's really hard to be super pissed at him whenever, but like they've just they played with half you know, uh, they've had not the best injury luck, they haven't had the worst, but it's been not great. So I just I don't know, I I, I think there's an opportunity for the Mavs to show something in the last 40 games of the year, if they're able to get guys healthy. Now, sometimes guys just might not get healthy. Like Kyrie's foot thing is maybe it won't go away. I mean, Maxi Kleba, for all we know, has a club foot and may never play basketball ever again <laughs> for what they're dealing with the toe here. So this is just, it's been a little bit odd, but the fact is they're still four games above 500 and they have a, a I still, you know, looking, I was very confused. I remember two weeks ago, someone, somebody was arguing with me about how difficult the schedule was ahead. And I'm like, there's just not, there's not like a murderer's row of games. They all like, they seem to have some winnable ones and some tough ones. And you'd like to see them get a marquee win past the, like the Phoenix game felt like the best win of the year, but ultimately Phoenix kind of sucks right now. But by and large, the Mavericks are beating who they're supposed to. 
So I don't know. But, but you'll make the playoffs if you do that. Yes. And I understand is, that everyone doesn't get jazzed up about it, but that's how you make the playoffs. Well, that's what – so so uh, my friends at the at the podcast and video show We Talk Mavs were having a bit of a discussion about this today, and I've had this with multiple people. Of The, the question kind of starts to become, would you rather be 15 and 15 with some amazing wins and a number of horrifying losses, which is what the Mavericks were at this point last year, Oh, and really the year before that, almost every year of the Luka uh, experience is it, maybe 19 and 20 is the one exception. Or would you rather be 18 and 14 having beaten the shit out of all the teams you're supposed to have with maybe one or two exceptions? Like you, you got to get you, the regular season is such a grind. You cannot get too high and you cannot get too low. And if the Mavericks are winning the games they're supposed to, the vast majority of the time, then they're going to avoid the play in. They just are. They're they're a top eight to tw- eight to ten team in the league, is my opinion. I really believe this. Uh, at least with a full and healthy roster. So I don't know. The 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 sky is falling mentality when when they do things like tonight, I get not tonight, really last night, is understandable for the moment, but then all you got to do is is just look at the long like scope of things and how do you feel about like their win profile and and I I they're beating the teams they're supposed to and that's really all I can ask for you know yeah I can understand you know if you're perusing some national media people or some other alternative sources that are not Mavs focused I mean there's a lot of data out there like net rating that's adjusted net rating strength of schedule adjusted rating that is not kind to the Mavericks because I mean they quite you know their their schedule has been extremely soft up until right around this point so there's a lot of data out there from from people that aren't Mavericks people that says that they you know there might be a slide coming um which might happen I don't know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that right now I I think that's I that's probably what's spooking people. I think. I mean, what did they? They jumped out. What was the? What was the? I'm looking at this. Why am I asking you? They jumped out to an eight and two, and then a nine and three start, right? Yeah. And then since then, the Mavericks have essentially played 500 basketball, maybe even slightly under 500. But you go up against Golden State, Utah, Portland, Portland. If they don't win all four of these games, I will be shocked. Okay. You go on a real 4-0 win streak. So then you're look, then you're sitting there at 22 and 14. And then you play Minnesota, Memphis, New York, New Orleans, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Golden State, Boston. That is a much tougher stretch of basketball. But that is also probably 500 basketball. So if you go on win streaks when you're supposed to go on win streaks and then hold your head above water during the more difficult portions of the the season, you're going to end up in a pretty good spot. They're not contenders yet. Okay. But I just, I feel very weird being on the, like the, the, you know, with, yeah, (laughs) with loving respect to our friends at, at locked on Mavericks. Like I feel very weird being in the Isaac role of like, everything's fine. Cause that's just not me. You well, know? it was just funny because last season it felt like everyone was trying to tell us that the team was not as bad as we thought they were, and now it feels like we're kind of try- getting told that the team isn't as good as we think it is, uh, which is just kind of bizarre. But I think that's just kind of the feedback loop of, of social media. Like the absolutely, neg- the negativity uh, rises to the top at least on those platforms. So you know, I mean, but 
Yeah. I mean, I thought they would win 45 games and be in the top six of the West. They are on pace for about 44 to 45 wins and they are sixth in the West. So yeah. I mean, the by, by and large, the answer is if Luka, ba- if Luka Doncic suits up to play a basketball game, the Dallas Mavericks win about 80 per- or not 80, like 60% of the time. Yeah. That, makes, that sounds about right. Again, yeah, the injuries is probably, I mean, that's probably the most, cons- like they just need to get those, those guys back. Like, with Luca and Kyrie and Derek Lively all on the floor, they have a net rating of of six plus six point seven, which is pretty good. Like, it's pretty damn good. Um, the defense is not that bad. The offense is really great. Like, that's those are numbers. I mean, it's only four hundred twenty seven possessions, so you can't really. I mean, that's a lot of possessions for this part of the season. But I mean, you know, Kyrie hasn't played since you know the beginning of December, so we just need a little bit more time with those three. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of Luca, Kyrie, um, Lively, and Exum because Exum's ascendance has basically been since Kyrie Ooh. got hurt. I'm glad so you brought up. See, yeah, so we need to see what that looks like when with those four: Kyrie, Luca, Lively, and Exum. What does that look like? Because they've only played 52 possessions together. The numbers are absurd. It's a 50 net. It's a plus 50 net rating. But they've, you know, it's 52 possessions. That's not even a full NBA. That's that's not even half. That's not. That's like that's a half of NBA basketball. So, um, of half of one NBA basketball game. So, it's minuscule data to say the least. But you know, it's something we still haven't seen yet, and we're gonna see it because Kid has already said that Exum's starting when Kyrie's back. So that's kind of like the next step. But that's what kind of stinks is it feels like we're like in a holding pattern. Like I want to talk about something new, but it's like you know, everyone's hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's not really, we can't make any grand declarations after a game like this or even after a game like the Cleveland game, because you're missing your second best player. You're missing Maxi Kleba. You know, they've been missing Josh Green for a while. Like it's just tough. Like I, the goal, I, I've said it before, the goal is just to survive. Like, can they just stay above 500 until the, the pieces fall back into place? And then we'll see from there. Yeah. I, Joe, so two thoughts that you, you triggered in my mind. So tonight's game was a good example of why Dante Exum is actually best as an off guard. He's yes. had a couple of games in a row where he's had some really wild turnover type stuff, mm-hmm. despite how well he's played. And that's when he's not the primary ball handler, that allows him to be a, a, a different speed. And that it's just harder to cope with him as a different speed. My daughter's mm-hmm. just having a Royal rumble next door. Um, <laughs> And then the last thought that I wanted to share is, uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, the last not- thought that I wanted to share was friend of the show, Bobby Corrala, Mavs, uh, Ma- you know, actual Mavs employee. And I were texting at like two in the morning after the Christmas day game. And he told me that according to the data that he was looking at during the Phoenix game, the average distance of a completed Luca pass that game. Do you want to take a stab on what it was? The average distance. Just sort of think about what that means in a basketball court. So if half of a basketball court is what? 40, you know, how long is a basketball court? I should know this. Is it in feet? Yes. Like is, the, is the answer in feet? The answer is in feet. So it's 92 feet long-ish. You know, more okay. like, oh, that's a FIBA basketball court. 94 feet long is an NBA basketball court. So uh, think about this. Yeah. 10 okay the average completed luca pass against the suns was 25 feet good lord 
So that's how far he was getting trapped from the basket. That's right. how long he was throwing passes to like uh, Derek at the nail, uh, both Derek's at the nail, and and what was sort of happening there. And he told me there's some additional context to that, so that I really shouldn't run with it too much. But if you want to just think about how much trust Luca was having with his team that day, like at, that was that was it. That's I mean, fun, there's that's, yeah, that's fun. That's a fun nugget. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, you. Uh, we might want to. I, I meant to have him on, but I've just been so freaking brain dead since Christmas. Um, all right, we've talked longer than we should have about a garbage game. We'll be back. Let's see here. They play the Warriors on Saturday. That will be a really exciting game. Is that game at a reasonable time, or do we have another? Uh, it's 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 a uh, whoa, whoa. Oh, it's at the Warriors. At, yeah, but it's seven thirty somehow. I don't know yeah. why. So, I don't know well, why that's that game because is starting the da- at 5.30. That's because play. the Dallas Mavericks are the only fucking team in the NBA that go. insist on playing these weekend and night games at horrible times because the Mavericks fans who fill up the bowl suck so much at getting to the game on time that Cuban gives them this time to get there early and they still get there late. <laughs> They don't, they don't, and I don't blame Mark Cuban for not wanting to have an empty bowl, but it just like goes to show you that going to a Mavs game, particularly in the lower bowl is about being seen more than is watching the game. And so it's like, you go to these other places where they have the Warriors. So San Francisco, uh, where there were the Warriors game is now no longer in Oakland. So they're playing a five 30 local Saturday game that would never happen in a million years. And I hate it. Now, now you guys got to keep in mind, Josh and I are being whiny old fogies because we are usually awake and working following a game close right. for at least two to three hours. That's why we care. Right. If we could turn <laughs> off the TV and then get right into bed, well, we no. would not be complaining. Yeah. It's 10.30. We're going to go to close shop. We're going to uh, schedule whatever we have to run tomorrow. Uh, Meta mm-hmm. Robinson turned in a post. Uh, and, and then we'll be able to like go to bed or go watch TV or, you know, screw around. So anyway, you guys have probably had enough of my bullshit. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Josh, do you have any additional thoughts? No, no. I think let's get out of here and save it for, for when Luke is back and, and we can get a better game here. All right, folks. Thanks so much for hanging out. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow of pod Maverick after dark. Everyone have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you after the Warriors game. Bye guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.